Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wes Johnson, Jason Bowen. Cody Spears is off tonight, but we're going to resume our conversation. I also got Marcus Bolin from South Dakota. Uh, we're going to resume our conversation tonight about division winners. Last week, we got through the AFC. This week, we're doing the NFC. Uh, before that, we'll also touch on Colin Kaepernick's trial with the Raiders and the Lamar Jackson budding saga, uh, not showing up to OTAs. That's what we shall talk about tonight. And we're also going to talk about betonline.ag right here out of the gate. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use your promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is the May 25th edition of NFL Trend Zone. We will resume our division predictions. And that'll be the NFC in about five, 10 minutes. Wes, I want to start with you before I pressed the record button on the show tonight, Marcus and I were talking about Debo Samuel and how he vanished from headlines. There was the big commotion about him wanting a trade and we felt it was imminent. And then it's just been all quiet. Uh, Do you have any type of reasoning for why it's been quiet? I I mean, I think it's just a, a good old fashioned uh, standoff right now. Um, the 49ers have no real incentive to to move Debo. I believe he's still uh, under contract with them for another two years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so they they really don't have um, any need to want to move him. Um, couple that with the fact that he is kind of uh, linchpin in their offense. I just don't see why they would move him. Uh, so I believe they're just hoping time will heal, you know, whatever proverbial wounds there are. Um, obviously, he's due a contract extension here. Um, this is the last year. Yeah. Oh, this is the last year. Okay. Yep. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I'm sure they'll roll it into um, the preseason and and see where it goes. Um, as of right now, he's skipping the OTAs. Uh, he'll probably skip, you know, some other uh, formal programs as well. Uh, but when it gets into August, that's when, with the new collective bargaining agreement. The, the holdouts of yesteryear are, are no more because the the players really wind up losing. So um, we'll see what August looks like for, for Debo, but I, I I don't see the 49ers moving on from him. 
Okay. So time as a band-aid. Uh, let's see. Marcus on Debo. Do you think he will be traded before the season starts, play for the 49ers, or just be in limbo? I don't know. I want to say, I don't know, maybe like Wes said, maybe a standoff. So, I don't know. Like I said, I saw on the TV that uh, he didn't show up to OTAs. So maybe he still wants that trade. Will the 49ers trade on that? I don't know. Maybe he just won't play the whole season, but he is like the whole offense, I'd say. Yeah, what about now? There you go. Welcome to the show, Jason. We're talking about uh, Debo Samuel and the radio silence on his trade request, at least in terms of the media's publication. Uh, do you expect Samuel Mania to resume the summer? Or is this just going to be quiet until his contract is up in March? Well, first and foremost, radio silence like I just was for about 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, I could hear you guys just fine, and you guys couldn't hear me, and that probably was a relief for you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, man, it's going to pick up hot. It's going to be good. It's going to be an interesting summer. I don't know what happens to him, though. I really honestly don't. I think that he stays put. Um I think if they were going to move him, they would have done so by now. I think that they got a lot of other things to worry about going on out there. I've heard mixed reviews on what's happening with Trey Lance. He's running with the first team now. Is that right, Wes? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Jimmy is still recovering from shoulder surgery. So yeah. Yeah. But Trey is kind of in the doldrums a little bit. So, um, God, I don't know, man. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens to him. My uh, official prediction on this, and this is not on good authority, this is just out of my rear end, that uh, Lance will start to get the reps, Garoppolo will recover from injury and eventually get traded. And I think out of nowhere, some July afternoon, you'll get your smartphone buzz and it'll say Debo Samuel, four-year deal, $30 million per year, and he just has a kumbaya with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what I foresee because... <laughs> It would just be weird if they trade him because he is the focal point of the offense. He's organically theirs. Um, it's weird that Shanahan would just let a dynamic weapon waltz out the door. And I can't figure out what anybody did wrong. No, no. It, well, and then, and that's just it. I want to know what he thinks about Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever know. And, and if it even matters. Yeah. And no, they, it, with the Niners brass anyway. It's got to be Lance as the dude because of how much they they ransom to get him there. So whether he's good or bad, they're going to have to find out. Otherwise, Do you think there's buyer's remorse going on there? Yeah, there probably is, especially if he doesn't look like Mahomes, which is the, the type of trade sum they gave up for him. Um, but he has to play because otherwise it's worse to trade that much <laughs> shit for a guy who never even plays. He'd be fired in September. Um, yeah, if that's the case, most GMs and coaches would have been yeah. fired. Oh yeah. Now. But Shanahan is like the Stafford of coaches. You immune to criticism. <laughs> it was Lynch. When, when you report that Shanahan has a losing career coaching record, it's like, eh, that's all right. <laughs> just like Stafford up until last year, it was like, Oh, it's okay. That's what, what we do. Oh my God. It's exactly. Yeah, always, always being classified as the top, as a top eight quarterback. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. His, his quarterback wins and quarterback record don't apply to Matt Stafford. They just don't. No. 
And sometimes not even Derek Carr. And it's like, oh, well, poor guy. (laughs) It is. And then then Kirk Cousins gets raked. Oh, yeah. 59, 59 and two, baby. That's that's just it's relentless. Uh, Wes, tell me about this. So Colin Kaepernick actually gets a tryout with a single team. In 2019, he had a group tryout, which was considered a sham. Um, But now he'll audition for the Raiders QB2 or QB3 job. And in theory, if he was signed, he would battle Nick Mullins and Jared Stidham. He hasn't played football since January 1st, 2017. Um, Do you I don't think this is a publicity stunt. I just don't know. He's going to be 35 in November. Can you see him landing a backup job with the Raiders? Ooh, I, I didn't know he was up there in age that much. Um, I was on board with you and ready to <laughs> pull the trigger with a yes, but uh, 35 years old this November, that's that's a tough sell. I I thought that he might be able to step into that offense in the uh, Marcus Mariota role um, as a mobile quarterback that can still sling the ball. Um, I 34, 35, it's tough to say, you know, what he has left in the tank, what he can offer a team uh, when he hasn't really played football competitively in was it six, seven years now. Yep. It's uh five and a half, five and a half. Yeah. All right. So Kaepernick Marcus, um, you might even be too young. You don't remember him. No, I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> do you think he can sign a backup quarterback contract with the Raiders or is it too, too long of a gap in between? Uh, I want to say yes, actually. Uh, whenever, uh, Pete Carroll kind of entertained the idea of uh, him getting like uh, some clips of Colin Kaepernick throwing to uh, Ty Lockett. That kind of got me a little excited because I thought it'd be cool to see him come back. And I don't know, 35, he may seem old, but I think he's still mobile. And I think he could take in that backup QB per spot. The last time he threw a regular, regular season pass, he was 29 years old. And if he gets to throw another one, he will be 35 or just about 35. If he gets in the September, October, for some reason, uh, Jason Kaepernick, you remember him. I know that. Do you, do you think he has the gumption to get a little contract as a backup quarterback? You know, I think I, I, I don't know why not. I don't know why not. I think he, God, he should have had one by now. Um, I just, I've, I've always been an advocate of that guy thinking that, you know, it's just, you know, controversy and all that, you know, aside, I mean, there's definitely not, you know, 30 quarterback. Um, I don't think that there's 30 quarterbacks in the league that are better than he is or was, I should say, let's say was, and I, I too, Wes, I had no, or I should say, 62 quarterbacks. Cause we're going to count the backups. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, um, but, uh, I, 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 I was talking about this at, uh, at, at work or as you like to say, Dustin, my day job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I had to think about that too, because he was really taking it to teams back when like Russ was coming into the league. So then I had to compare ages and I'm like, how, you know, cause he's been away for so long. You really don't realize how old he is Yeah, 35 years old. He's going to be, <laughs> I mean, that's man. And it, he really hasn't, it doesn't look like he's aged all that much. I mean, I don't see any reason why he can't step in and, and be a serviceable backup at least. And that job should have been his, you know, four or five years ago somewhere. Yeah. I, uh, 
I'm torn on whether or not this will actually happen because it's always been believe it when you see it in the last five and a half years with him. However, he is absolutely capable of a comeback because he won't play. <laughs> He's fighting to be a QB three, maybe QB two and QB twos usually don't play at all. And Derek Carr, aside from one season is durable. So the Raiders would really just be signing a guy to be a guy in the locker room. So when you're asked like, well, can he make a comeback after six year gap? It's like, well, hell yeah, he can. He's not going to play. He's not, yeah. an edge, he's not an edge rusher. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a no brainer. And if the Raiders are willing to go through the, the media hassle or the folks that claim that he doesn't like the military or whatever the argument was, <laughs> then, then they'll go through the hat and the Raiders don't care about public perception. We know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that he could reasonably be signed and then it'll, it would be fun. It would be like uh, you know, an American comeback story for half the nation to, to enjoy. I uh, agree. I agree. Right. But it can't be forgotten about how good he was for like mm-hmm. a year or two. Holy shit, was he good. Yeah, the peak of his powers are always underrated. And the thing that gets lost in the shuffle about him, um, well, it, he, he was kind of on the, the pioneering part of being mobile in the new passing era of football. And, you know, in that Lamar Jackson type but the thing that was always cool about him is he never he didn't turn the ball over very much he was no. always he, he he threw about 20 something touchdowns which back in 2011 2012 was good not good anymore uh but he he didn't throw a bunch of picks he was a winner he got to the super bowl he beat the packers in back-to-back seasons when packers were absolute physical prime of rogers so uh everything the the way that the the protest was spun against him completely shattered how you would look back at how his football career was because at the peak of his powers in 2012, 2013, he was, he was pretty damn. Yeah. Damn yeah. And we always talk about uh, the, the Niners always being the, the Packers kryptonite and boy, was that ever true when Kaepernick was on yeah. the field. Kaepernick destroyed the Packers. <laughs> he did mm-hmm. yeah, twice in a row. And uh, my welcome to Kaepernick party was, one of the first times he galloped in one of those playoff games, the way he ran looked like Randy Moss, like these long legs, the six, four frame Moss was yeah. clear, clearly a little bit faster, but they just galloped similarly. Yeah. It was really strange. It was impressive. All right. We're, we're going to be hard pressed for time. If we don't start the NFC segment now and let's, let's get into that. I'm going to start with you, Marcus, and we will go down with the East, the NFC East, here are your teams to choose from. The Dallas Cowboys, who won the division last year. The Philadelphia Eagles, who made the playoffs and got slaughtered by the Bucks, The Carson Wentz-led Washington Commanders. And the New York Giants, led by Brian Dable. Who wins that division and who has a dark horse chance to win it? Uh, I think the Eagles will win it. Ooh, boy, I think that's... they had mm-hmm. a good offseason. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is going to roll better this year. Um, Dark horse? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's the Giants. I don't think the Washington. I don't. I don't think they can do it. Um, And the Cowboys? I don't. I think they just got worse. (laughs) The Cowboys had a terrible off season. They didn't add anything, and they still have Ezekiel. I wish. I want uh, I, if I was the GM there, I'd trade Ezekiel Elliott while I still can. Yeah, on Zeke, he is quietly nearing the end of his reign of terror. I think he will be 28 soon. Let's go look that up again before I spew misinformation. But uh, I think his best days are behind him. He can still, you know, drop 1,200 yards 
and all of that. But yes, he will be 27 this summer. So uh, probably one or two real good prime years. I don't know if he's worth a, a top five fantasy pick. Uh, we shall see. Wes, you've usually got some NFC East takes that are a little unbecoming weird for you. <laughs> Last year, I can't remember. It was you were low on the Cowboys. I think high on the Giants. Uh, I don't even remember. Too long ago. Well, All right. Yeah, well, let's, too long have, ago. Let's, let's have a redemptive show. Tell me the <laughs> NFC East. Who wins it? I, I'm going to agree with Marcus on this one. Okay. I, I won't agree on the hat that he's wearing, but I will agree on the <laughs> pick of the Eagles. Um, he's, he's wearing, wearing a, a Dodgers hat and West a Dodgers Giants hat. I'm a, I'm a Twins fan, but I like uh, Walker Buehler. He's my favorite pitcher, so that's why I have Nelly Dodgers. I don't think he cares. All right. <laughs> it, doesn't, it, it doesn't make it better. You know. <laughs> That's like saying, uh, you know, I, I, I like Aaron Rodgers. He's my favorite, favorite quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the additions the Eagles made this year. Um, picking up James Bradbury after the, the Giants cut him was uh, a key move. Uh, having he and Darius Slay um, on the outsides at corner are, are going to help shut down the uh, or limit the passing attack of Dallas. Um, Dallas, I guess, would be the dark horse to to repeat as the division winner there. I don't believe the commanders will offer um, much resistance. Uh, neither will the Giants themselves. Um, Philly added, you know, weapons on the offensive side of the ball as well. Uh, another year under Jalen Hurts. We'll see if he makes that third year leap that a lot of these quarterbacks do. Um, so, yeah, uh, the timing is right. Everything's kind of lined up for the Eagles uh, to to make that push. So I'll, I'll go with the Eagles as well. Jason, with a suddenly deep roster, the Eagles, is it is it them, the Cowboys or other? Yep, it is definitely the Eagles. Uh, was high on the Eagles last year. Really liked what I love what they're building over there in Philadelphia. Um, to Wes's point, they just got that much better. I think Hertz will take a, a you know a good leap this year. Uh, that young receiving core was is starting to come into its own. I think, uh, and you know Devontae will be in his second year. Rager will be in his third, I believe. Um, got a, And then they add the, the veteran in the trade during the draft. Um, so, yeah, very, very, very well done offseason-wise for the Eagles. Now, they're <laughs> Washington, out, completely out. <laughs> Carson Wentz, not the answer, not the answer anywhere. Get him out of the league immediately. Um, the Giants, though, I mean – you know, and I, I, that was me, Dustin, that said last year, and I think we all agreed that they have a pretty talented roster, um, but will and can Daniel Jones be it? They're giving him another year, apparently, right? Uh, Dave Ball, can he, you know, I know there was a time frame when I wanted him in Denver to be the coach, so hopefully he can he can uh, get some success out of that team. Um and then the Cowboys, I, I have to agree. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's interesting there because they got they had two head co- uh, two coaches on their staff that were coveted by a lot of teams for head coaching opportunities. They're both returning. Um, That's a good point. And so 
the coaching staff is staying intact and you know, none of them got jobs anywhere. So I don't know what kind of a sign that is, but um, they didn't even really hit the circuit too much though. No, no, they yeah, did. They got like rained back in before it got hot and heavy. They did. They did. And, um, and, and you've mentioned it, Dustin, Dak, it's shit or get off the pot time for him. <laughs> He's going into his was eighth year for him. Uh, let's see. He's 2016. So 2022 would be his seventh year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he's, he needs to, to start showing. I think it's going to be a, when I said this last year too, but this has to be the year where that division is a little bit more competitive yeah. than, than it has been over the last half decade or so. Yeah. I, that's my bold take is that this division isn't a laughing stock anymore. They're all not fighting to stay above 500. I think that they're all decently constructed. Um, I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm sticking with them. I think their defense uh, made a total metamorphosis in one year, and it did so because of youth via the 2021 NFL draft. And I think that Prescott's weaponry of CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and James Washington is still enough to keep them afloat on offense with one or two more good years from Zeke. And uh, they'll do the same shit they always do, which is get to the playoffs and lose the divisional round. So I'm not spooked by them in terms of the long term. Um, but I still think that they're the standard bearer um, because I really like Prescott. I, I think he's better than Matthew Stafford. I think he's about the ninth or 10th best quarterback in the world. And I'm fully convinced if you plopped Prescott on the 2021 Rams, they would win the Super Bowl too. Let so, me ask you this. Yep. I, I thought about this today in, 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 re- in respect, in regard to Wentz. Mm-hmm. So let me know if this makes any sense to you. So when he got drafted by the Eagles, he went into an organization and was kind of looked at as being the savior type guy, right? Yep. I mean, and second and, overall pick. Yep. And sure enough, that I mean, he <laughs> he lived up to that role. Yep. Um, then Foles comes in, gets him to the Super Bowl, and we all know the, the end of that tale. And then um, and then he goes to the Colts. And the Colts, he was not really looked at as a savior of no. sorts, right? Because the Colts were a well-oiled machine with or without him. Mm-hmm. Now, one could argue that he could possibly have that same mindset as he goes into Washington. Now, granted, Washington is a good team, although it's never really came out in the wash for them. Let's just be honest. So, he maybe in his own mind, he could be thinking to himself, okay, I can save this. You know what I mean? Kind of the same mentality he had when he went into Philly. Yeah. He'd have to go. I I, I'm on board there because then he would revert into more of a gunslinger. And that's kind of how he earned his claim to fame in 2017 as he got, I mean, he was so elusive in the pocket and he made a name for himself. And then ever since, (laughs) Uh, it's just been, I, I wonder who the hell that guy was Yeah, because almost it, as if he wants to be, wants to be the savior, you yeah. know? And then when he's not viewed as the savior, that's when he kind of goes into that mental block, if you will. And I don't know if that, if I'm reading way too much into that, but I've been trying to get inside Carson Wentz's head for four years now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, I can tell you that the prosperity or lack thereof for the for Washington Commanders will come down to to defense because when they made the playoffs in 2020, they were the NFL's fifth ranked defense via points allowed. Last yep. year they were 25th, and I don't care how offense crazed this world is and fantasy football is, 
No, that variance matters one whole hell of a lot. And so I think they hope they can get back to a top 10 ish defense. And then, you know, just like the Colts tried to find the, the dazzling version of Wentz, which the world just has to actually see it again on the NFC South. This was so exciting for six weeks because it looked like that division had gone straight to hell because <laughs> you had a Brady list bucks, a breezeless saints, a Ryan list Falcons. And who the hell knows for the Panthers, and it was, it was going to be a doormat. And then Brady came back and it makes segments like this one less sexy because we just know that the Buccaneers will romp. I don't need a big explanation. I will pick the Bucks to win this because I just I don't see Brady allowing himself to ever see the, the Peyton Manning cliff. I think he would just say the hell with you guys. I'm done before that. And truth be told, it may not happen until like age 52 for him because he just always defies time. Wes, is it the Buccaneers for you? Yeah, it's the Bucs. The, the other teams aren't ready. The saints are probably the, the closest competition. Um, the saints have actually had the bucks number over the last two years or since Brady's arrival. Um, but, uh, I don't think that they have enough to answer for, uh, the rest of the division and the rest of their schedule enough to overcome, um, Tampa for the division crown. Marcus, NFC South, the Bucks or not? Yeah, I think it's the Bucks. Um, Falcons lost Matt Ryan, and uh, the Panthers. Uh, I don't know what to even say about them. They're just, <laughs> yeah, they're just that. I mean, if there was a team that uh, would have a chance, I'd say definitely the Saints. I agree with Wes on that, but I don't know QB situation kind of. Throws me for a loop. Jason, is it the Bucks? It is not the Bucks. Oh my nope, dear God! Here we go. Not, <laughs> it is not the Bucks this year, my friends. Uh, the Saints will be taking this division this year, uh, and this will be Jameis Winston's first full year. I actually think Sean Payton held him back last year. Um, remember what was their record before he got injured? Five and one. It was five and one, I think. Right. Oh, I can go look. Go I think look. it was something like that. Um, they added, you know, hopefully a healthy Michael Thomas. You add in um, five, and, five and two, five and two. Not a bad start. Jim Jameis goes out and Jameis was being a serviceable game manager. He's capable of so much more. And I am hoping I am hoping that they unlocked that this year. I was excited to see it last year. I figured Sean Payton would be drawing up plays that he hasn't been able to draw up for years. I figured he'd be licking his chops to work with somebody other than breeze. And then he treated Jameis Winston exactly like breeze. Um, that bothered me. Hopefully this new coach that they got, I know he's a defensive guy, but, um, you know, I hope that they unlock him. I know this guy threw for over 5,000 yards Interceptions aside, forget those for just a second. Either 30 some touchdowns, 5,000 yards. That is in that guy somewhere. And for as conservative as he's been held back the last two years, one would have to think that those are going to be eliminated. He's got some good weapons there. Obviously, Kamara is still there. Um, I think the Saints are going to surprise some people, and I think that they take the Bucks this year for the division. The other note on the Panthers is that they're 
curiously, I think going with Darnold again. And if that is the case, you'll see Matt Corral within the first two months of the season. You can just bank on that. However, they went five and 12 last year with uh, the NFL's seventh best defense per EPA per play defensive efficiency, like the analytics, the Ben Baldwin website, seventh best defense, a five and 12 record. So they are begging for an average offense because in this division, they could probably sniff eight, nine, nine, and eight to get the seventh seed. Um, So don't forget that the Panthers at the end of the day, at least last year had a good defense. It's just that they, (laughs) they, I guess they don't want anything to do with Baker Mayfield and or they're committed to Darnold and Corral, who kind of fell into their lap. Good receiving uh, core, too. Yeah. The other thing that's weird about the Bucks that I think we, we get lost in translation is that even without Brady, this roster, Bucks roster, is pretty damn spiffy. So in theory, if Baker Mayfield was the quarterback or something, they're probably still capable of about 10 and 7. Yeah. Um, that's how from top to bottom the Bucks roster Uh, looks so Brady puts them over the top and that's why he works there and that's why they'll probably be in the conversation deep into the NFC all right next well let's see we're gonna have to do some some gymnastics here Wes it's the NFC North and Jason the the contenders are the Packers who've won it for three straight years some people forget the Bears won in 2018 Um, the Vikings were eight and nine last year they have a new coach and the Bears didn't do shit this offseason. They're just kind of saying we're we're adding some we're adding guys to add guys. And we'll see how it works out. And then the Lions, who we've said positive things on the show, uh, are building the team correctly. But at the end of the day, they still employ Jared Goff. So, Jason, the NFC North winner is who? Packers, Vikings or somebody else? I am taking the Vikings here. Really? Vikings here. I am excited to see what the Vikings can do with an offensive-minded head coach and those weapons. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Kirk Cousins has to be just loving it up there. He's got flashcards. Yeah, he said that. that? Yeah, I did hear. A a (laughs) buddy of mine at work told me about that today. He said it's going to be a learning curve. Takes him getting used to. He's never had it before. Um, Well, I mean, I guess he had a lot of offensive, you know, minds with him in Washington there for that one year. But uh no, I mean, I think, you know, if the defense can stay healthy, I liked what they added in defense um, to the draft, shoring up the secondary a little bit. I know that they've been working at building that offensive line now for several years. It hasn't came to fruition yet, but it has to eventually. <laughs> I think I think that if they can now, I mean, with the weapons that they have, they have potentially a top shit. I would argue top three receiver. They have a top three running back. They have a top five to top eight or nine quarterback um, in Thielen. I mean, he's there with the, you know, with the, the elder statesmanship um, and, and with an offensive coach finally calling the shots and then playing to win instead of not to lose, I think is going to pay dividends. I think that they can take the division from the Packers this year. If they do not, they will be very close to it and they will surely be in the playoffs, even if they don't take the division, but I'm still going with them. West, the Vikings haven't made the postseason since 2019. They haven't had a winning record since the last day of that regular season. Do you foresee them knocking off the Packers finally? Choose your words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. I, I'm going to bet on the Packers taking the division. I'm going to bet on the Packers taking the division. 
Dustin will explain to you here why in a little bit. But um, uh, until they are unseated, I believe the Packers will um, have a, a hold on on the division. I think Minnesota made a lot of strides um, to uh, combat that and to overcome that. I, I think that Minnesota has the better team, uh, especially with the coaching staff on hand now where they might slip up is uh, the last two games of the season. Uh, they play in Green Bay and then in Chicago. Uh, this is, you know, early January, these two games. Um, that's going to be a brutal, brutal stretch. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised to see two losses, and you, you never want two losses heading into um, the playoffs potentially. So um, if the schedule maybe had fallen a, a slightly different way, I, I'd be able to prop Minnesota up as uh, the division winners. But in this case, I'm going to bet on Green Bay. The reason that uh, Wes personally betting on Green Bay is because when he personally bets, he loses. When he makes declarations that are recommendations to other people, then he's right. And to your point about them potentially collapsing on the road down the stretch, that's very possible because they collapsed in 2018 at home down the stretch against those exact two teams. All they had to do was beat one to get into the postseason. They did not. And that is why. Cousins in Minnesota has been sour for some ever since. So you have substantiation there because we've already effing seen it. Uh, Marcus, you have the rubber match here. Uh, Wes, a Vikings fan, picks the Packers, uh, or is betting on it, I should say. And then Jason has the Vikings. Who do you got to win the division? I don't go with Vikings. Uh, I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I think Mike Zimmer held him back with trying uh, to play not to lose. Um, uh, Justin Jefferson, good wide receiver. Uh, I feel like Thielen's good still, uh, as long as he can stay healthy throughout the season. Uh, Cook, or even the backup running back, Alexander Matheson's pretty good too. And they added to the defense this offseason, which I really liked. And then I think the Packers will not be able to take the division. I think they will fall even below the lines. I think the lines oh, will be second. <laughs> I just, I'm not high on the Packers at all. Uh, them losing Devonte. Uh, they also lost Marquez Valdez Scantley. So I don't know. And also losing someone from the defense. So I, I don't think uh, uh, they take the division this year. Well, welcome that. I can tell you that um, mm-hmm. my problem with taking the Vikings is that since I do this, 60 hours a week, I I talk myself into believing that the Vikings have everything necessary to win the division. But I also do shit like that with the Russell Westbrook Lakers. When the trade first happened in the NBA, I was like, how in the hell does that guy fit? But Wes heard me spit for two months. Like, well, maybe there's got to be a way this works. This is three all-stars. You know, two of them have won MVP. They'll figure it out. And I convinced myself that they were going to be a top four seed in the West. And they emphatically were not. So I'm paranoid. That's what I'm doing during this Kevin O'Connell honeymoon is that I'm convincing myself the roster is there. And all we need to do is push him over the top from the Zimmer days. However, Kevin O'Connell actually needs to go coach right now. All we have is this good looking guy who says perfect stuff on a camera, but he's got to have it in his gut to be a good coach. So I need to see a 
few weeks of that to buy into it. Um, and the last two seasons consecutively, 2020 and 2021, I stare down at the depth chart and I'm like, for God's sake, they've got Dalvin Cook and Harrison Smith and Neil Hunter, Eric Kendricks. Oh my goodness, they're going to make the playoffs. And then they don't. And that, that's what I'm doing right now with the depth chart saying there is certifiably a playoff team on this piece of paper. And, but I also said that two, two years in a row. So I believe that this will end in the NFC North where both the Vikings and the Packers are both about 11 and six. And I think the Packers will find a way to get the, the tiebreaker uh, because when it Rogers in charge, it's always believe it until you believe it when you see it for him being dethroned. And the only times he's ever really been dethroned is when he was hurt. Yeah, two things here. Yep. Uh, yeah, because of Rodgers, <laughs> you know they're going to come out as probably preseason power ranked three. Yep. Already, and, already happening. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, but as as Vikings fans, right? You, I mean, and as in Wes, I guess I'm not 100 percent certain on you, but Dustin, I know you were. I mean, and probably still are pretty high on Zimmer, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you were you were a big Zimmer fan. And uh, obviously, eventually that, you know, it, it, it takes a toll on the fan base. I mean, the way that the defensive style coaching happens, um, you know, just like myself, I was a, you know, temporarily a fan of Fangio, but there's only so much of that you can take um, with them bringing in an offensive guy and from the McVay tree that's got to get you guys excited, right? I mean, even though it hasn't came to fruition yet right now, you can guys can still live in the honeymoon period because that's kind of what it is. Um, I mean, it's gotta be a little bit of a relief, I would think. Oh yeah. Uh, just no, because I, I know, I know you're high on cousins too. And so am I, I'm absolutely excited for the new era. And the reason that I enjoyed Mike Zimmer uh, up until the bitter end is because uh, when Wes and I were in our formative years and especially in our Vikings fandom early on, the Vikings defense habitually sucked. And the only chance that Vikings had to win games was if Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Dante Culpepper scored enough because the tackling was horrendous. When you got a sack, it was a big deal. And then, <clears throat> then they hired a defensive guy named Leslie Frazier in 2010. And we're like, okay, we're going to be a defense first franchise. And he was worse <laughs> than Tice <laughs> when it came to defensive coaching. And then when Zimmer came in, we were told this guy, is a defensive brain, and he was. So for six seasons, you always knew that the Vikings product on the field was going to be competitive because his defense was rip-roaring. Now, in the last two years, that died, and it was time to move on from Zimmer because the product had grown grown mediocre. So there's fully a honeymoon. Like I am just like you and the Broncos with Hackett and uh, General Payton. You know, you're like, this is the real deal. Um, but just like the Broncos, just like the Vikings, you, you got to put the pen to paper to see if they're going to be any good. And yeah, that's that's I mean, there's no way on God's green earth, the Vikings or the Broncos should mix, mix the postseason based on their depth charts. But as a, a Vikings fan and pundit here, I've, I've said this before. And so yeah. I, I don't I don't want to see the same movie over again. That's why I'm trying to taper the enthusiasm, because otherwise I would just be a, a talking head. That's a Homer and Paul Allen for the Vikings. Yeah. And we you know, as Broncos fans, we, to be honest, have never had recently uh, since Mike Shanahan, uh, a good offensive head coach. I yeah. mean, G- Gary, Gary Kubiak was right. But but his 
style yeah. did not mesh with Peyton Manning style. And then before he got there, we're talking John Fox. And I'm not really even quite sure what side of the ball he coached on. <laughs> and, 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 and no, none of those co- coaches were responsible for the Broncos offensive performances during the Manning years. Nobody was Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning alone was responsible for that. He, he got Adam Gase jobs in the NFL. Adam Gase should have never been employed in the NFL especially as a head coach. Yes, <laughs> Peyton Manning to thank for that. I Google it because I, like you, was clueless about our guy, John Fox, and he was a lifelong defensive coordinator. Oh, of course he was. I would have never guessed. <laughs> I mean, because during the Manning years, our defense was fucking horrible. I mean, <laughs> no, granted, Elway went out and got some guys, and he got in, brought in the talent in order to make it good. But, I mean, when they didn't have those top-notch guys, they were not top of the, top of the you know, chain in that regard. But... All right, let's do the NFC West, Marcus. This is arguably the most fun one for the purposes of this show or this segment because um, unless you think the Rams are totally infallible, going to repeat, it's kind of it's kind of competitive. I guess the NFC East is right there. Uh, but you have the Rams, won the Super Bowl, Arizona Cardinals, who always look great for about two and a half months, and they fall on their face. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, who should be led by Trey Lance and a always relevant um, Kyle Shanahan led team. And then the Seahawks who are almost endorsing a down year. Um, so tell me the, the doings of the NFC West in 2022. I was uh, the Rams. I think for sure we're in it, but I would have said the 49ers, but with Devo sitting out of OTA and not really knowing what's going to happen with him kind of makes me lean towards the Rams. Uh, the Cardinals, like you said, they're good for two months and they fall off, which I think will happen again. I just, I just don't think they'll do as good as they did last year. And the Seahawks, I don't know what, what their moves are. I don't know what they're thinking right now, but playing the role of Drew Locke, I mean, I've seen what he can do. Maybe it will change when he goes there, but uh, yeah, not too high on the Seahawks. Uh, and any team is going to challenge the Rams, I'd have to say the 49ers. On uh, Seahawks, there's, there's one of two things at play. They either... Uh, honest to goodness, believe that Locke is a quarterback that can be developed and built around, or he's just a fall guy just to get them to the top five picks in the 2023 NFL draft where they can get uh Stroud or is it Bryce young? Is it Wes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of those two guys. And I can't really figure it out because we know that Locke has the tools, the cannon, uh, to be a good quarterback, but it seems strange that a team that has been relevant for a decade has decided to go with a big fat ass maybe at quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I can't <laughs> I can't quite understand if this is an intentional rebuild year. Yeah. Um, Wes, so last year at this time when we did similar shows, we stared at this di- this division and said, "My goodness, these guys are gonna." slaughter each other now it's kind of yeah i guess there's three teams in the mix uh depends on how high you are on your local 49ers but is it the rams all over again sir i i think they have the best shot you know until they are unseated um it's more than likely going to be the rams um but i wouldn't sleep on the 49ers i i could realistically see uh the niners making the push uh to um, you know, dethrone the, the Rams and and reign su- supreme in the division again. Um, 
I don't believe that they will move Jimmy G. I've said this before on the show. I think the shoulder injury that he has uh, is going to limit potential suitors. Um, And heading into the season with two quarterbacks capable of playing or capable of starting uh, is always a good thing to have. So um, I think they have the depth and I, uh, I think it was up until the playoff game, Shanahan had won, was it seven straight against uh, McVay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they also have the Rams number. So I, I will stick with um, the 49ers unseating the Rams for the division. So uh, on the Niners, I know living where you do in San Francisco, you either hate or can't stand the Warriors. Does that um, sentiment also apply to the 49ers or are you actually okay with them? Um, I'm okay with them. Um, unlike some of the other rivals or just local teams that they're not overly annoying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, you and I, Dustin went to a game out here last, last year. And mm-hmm. I mean, for for the 49er fans like you know you're gonna we got the general rousing from from them but it wasn't over the top like yeah like you might see elsewhere and especially for for california fans uh it's been my experience that they have a tendency to go a little over the top um with the especially with the uh gang culture out here oh yeah um i i've definitely seen some some crazy stuff go down uh both in la and up here in san francisco so um our experience i i didn't have any of that uh, i've been to both um the new stadium and also to candlestick before and yeah the weird thing, uh, not really the fans about the 49ers stadium in Santa Clara that I had no idea and I'll never forget <laughs> it is that like while you're watching a game, like 40 airplanes over the course of a game fly over like just <laughs> jets, like not in a row, like in minute. I mean, like three minutes apart. You're like, oh, look, there's another jet. And it was just right in the flight plan. The first one, my wife pointed out and I'm like, oh, I'll be damned. Hopefully that's scheduled. And then like, it was just one after another. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. So, all right. So you got, that sounds like the Niners is a, is a bold prediction. Yeah. Um, Marcus has got the Rams. Uh, Jason, you going Rams? Or are you going to say something like Seahawks? Seahawks. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw a meme on uh, Facebook. I was going to share it in the group chat, but uh you know, uh, talking about the NFL being so gracious to to schedule NFL legend Drew Locke playing against his former team. <laughs> <laughs> they had a picture of him pumping his fist. Um, no, I mean, I like the Rams. I like the Rams receiving core better this year than I did last year. I think that Allen Robinson is going to be a great addition to the team. And, and I really like Van Jefferson. I love that guy. I, I had a, was able to watch him, and he got a, such a small role last year on the team. But he's he's kind of a dark horse, kind of a Tim Patrick s guy that's just kind of there on the roster. I think he's going to establish a much bigger role. 
Uh, they did lose a lot of coaching from that team. Um, they still have Sean McVay, who, in my opinion, is one of the better coaches in the league. I think they'll be fine there. If any team could do it, I agree with you guys. The Niners certainly should and could do it. But they got they got a lot of question marks around that organization currently with the quarterback position. Um, I've heard so much about Trey Lance struggling out there. And and but to your point, you got to get him out there. What happens if they get him out there and this guy's just putrid there? There's you talk about giving a quarterback time. That guy has had a lot of time. I mean, he didn't even play his last year in college. This guy hasn't played football since 2019. He, he, he Assuming he comes out and does like shit, the best case scenario, get Jimmy G in there and let him get you to the playoffs again. Um, the other two, I'm not at a, not at all concerned. I do not. I'm not high on the on the Cardinals at all. Even with the moves that they've made, I don't like. The, I'm not a fan of their coaching staff. I'm not a huge. I'm not high on Kyler either. Um, Seahawks are. Uh, we're gonna roll with. I think they roll with Drew. Let the chips fall where they may. Their plan for quarterback is next year in the draft. I going uh, against the grain, um, going the Cardinals, and that's staying faithful to my Super Bowl prediction. Um, I think that they have enough to weather the storm while Hopkins is out. I I see so much uh, promise potential when they are good that I I tell myself, well, at some point there's got to be continuity, and I think that will hit here in this season for um, Murray. And I, I, I love the middle of their defense with Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, and Buda Baker. It's all athletic, mean guys. And I, I just like their defense. And then Wes, a little known fact, do you know, Jeff Gladney's actually penciled in to start for the Cardinals? No, no. I thought when they picked him up, it was going to be like, uh, Oh yeah, we'll see if he makes the roster, but yeah, he's, he's slated by two or three different depth charts to start. And I had, I had not put that in the back of my head. All right, gentlemen. So it looks like the consensus is the Eagles and the Bucks, of course. Uh, we're splitting the NFC North. The two Vikings fans picked the Packers. The two Broncos fans picked the Vikings. And then kind of all over the board on the NFC West, because I think there's something to be said about teams not being able to repeat. And I know that's plays into my thinking, like for some strange reason for 17, 18 years, NFL like dynasties just cannot be had in the NFL because teams can't repeat. All right. So let's see. So next week we'll be back. That'll be June 1st. And then uh, the following week we will be off. I am traveling to the Pacific Northwest in a road trip. Um, but yeah, anything else for the group tonight, gentlemen? You guys have, well, you're, cause you're going to Oregon, right? Or uh, Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Driving to Seattle a week from Friday. Two good movie spots out there. Uh, Astoria, Oregon, you know, you got to get there. Yeah. It, you probably won't, but obviously that's where the Goonies was shot. <laughs> and, uh, there's another town out there, West. Maybe, you know what I'm talking about in Oregon as well, where stand by me was shot. Hmm. Have you been to either one of those? No. I have not. I didn't know that they were shot out there. That's pretty sweet. All right, Marcus. Well, thanks for joining us for rounding out these uh, division winners. Any, any, any closing arguments for the group? Uh, I mean, there's, I feel like there's some clear cut winners. Uh, and there's like in every division, there's like two teams that are not gonna, that we all just think are just dog. Yeah. And, 
yeah, it's when we do an exercise like this, it really lifts that up where you're like, yeah, that ain't happening. So, <laughs> all right, gentlemen, we'll be back in one week to discuss, discuss God knows what by that time. And that's all we got. Later. Good night, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.